Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hi everyone, it's Texas Chicks and we're happy to be back up and running for you guys. How's it going Shay? It's going good. I'm excited for the weekend because Jonathan and I are celebrating Valentine's on the weekend. Aww. So this will be fun. Yes, be what, are you, fun. what are you guys doing? Um, honestly, I don't know. I think we're just gonna go eat somewhere and we're gonna watch a movie for sure and exchange gifts and stuff like that. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm happy for you guys. Y'all enjoy it. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, what am I doing this weekend? I actually don't have anything planned, so we're just what? gonna, yeah, I may actually go see my dad. Oh, and it's Super Bowl. Yes, it so, is Super Bowl. So we probably will see my dad, honestly. Who so. are you going for? I don't even know who's me like, either. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Honestly, okay. no. I'm rooting for whoever my husband's rooting for. For real. Okay, so wow, what a rough a few weeks it has been for us, especially me. Me and my family hit a few bumps, and we lost a loved one due to COVID nineteen. And my husband Jesse actually ended up fracturing his kneecap, and I was also diagnosed with COVID nineteen myself. So that's why, in a nutshell, why we weren't recording for that week and a half, but we're back up. Yes. Not to mention, this all happened in less than a week's time span. It has been a really rocky year for us so far, but I want to say thank you to the Texas Chicks fans and to Shay for being patient with us and me at this time, and always please feel free to keep us in your prayers. With that being said, I'd like to go ahead and dive into today's episode are you ready Shay as always <laughs> so I got actually pretty much all my information from the Texas cold case website um, which was called who killed Courtney Clayton by Jen Baxter today we will be talking about a beautiful bright spunky independent little girl named Courtney Clayton Courtney was just seven years old when she was abducted out of plain sight People described her as very athletic for her age. She was a fast runner and could out-hit a baseball more than any young boy her age. She was just a very, very good softball player. She was very talkative in class, but overall a sweet child who had plenty of friends in school. So what happened? Well, it was a cool Friday night on September 2nd, 1988. She had been begging her father, Stan, to let her walk to the nearby gas station to buy a soft drink. After asking him so many times, her father finally decided to let her go out as long as her older brother, who was the age 11 at the time, went with her. Her father then handed her 50 cents, and before her father could get her brother, Nick, a few bucks, she was pretty much just already prancing out of the house and out the door and this all happened around 8 40 p.m just as the sun was setting he warned her not to cross the street alone and that as she got to the end of the street she needed to wait for her brother nick to catch up with her before crossing the street and as nick began his walk to meet up with courtney at the end of the street at the corner 
he actually ran into his buddy and decided to stop for a quick second to chat with him, you know, just being kids. Mm -hmm. As he got to the end of the street, he assumed Courtney decided to not wait for him and just cross the street alone, unattended like her father warned her not to. Nick still went to the gas station. He really didn't think nothing of it. He just thought, oh, she went ahead. Yeah, you, know? you never think anything of it. It's just probably something that happens often. Yes, right? exactly, exactly. So when he got in, the store clerk told him that her sister had already been in here. She got her soda. She checked out. She bought the drink just as she intended to do. So, like I said, Nick didn't think much of it. He's like, okay, well, she got to the store. She's probably on her way back home now. And he just went ahead and decided to walk back home. When he walked through his front door of his house, fear began to sit in because Courtney hadn't made it back from the store yet. At this point, 20 minutes or so had passed, and it was about 9 p.m. when Nick arrived back home. And Courtney's parents knew something was terribly wrong. It was dark out now and panic started to take over because Courtney knew that when the sun came down, you better be back inside. And she was only seven. So she was still afraid of being out in the dark alone. Yeah. And not only that, like her, it seemed like her parents were constantly like setting putting these rules into her saying you need to do this and you need to do that it's not like she just clearly wasn't listening it's just weird that she made it to the store and when it, like on his way there he didn't see her coming back yes exactly so something must have happened right after she checked like that out split second yes. second that's crazy so this is when the family decided to go around searching for her and after 15 minutes of no sign of little Courtney, they made their first 911 call and reported her missing. The Stanford Police Department started off a search for Courtney pretty quickly as well. Us crime folks know that if a child isn't found in the first 48 hours, it could be detrimental to finding them alive. Stan was interviewed by the investigators and he assured them that although, yes, Courtney was friendly, she would have never willingly gotten into someone else's vehicle and that there wasn't a way that she have, could have gotten lost because they actually walked to and from the store on the regular. They interviewed the store clerk who checked out Courtney and she said she did in fact see her and that she checked her out. And in fact, she was a few cents shorts on this. Hold on, sorry. <clears throat> she was a few cents short on the soda, so she didn't have enough money to pay for it. And she just told Courtney to bring the rest of the change the next day. A total of three witness reports came forth and told police that they actually saw Courtney walking back with her soda and was headed in the direction of her house. And that makes me question whether in fact that's true or not, because why wouldn't Nick have seen her walking back to the house? Yeah, that's, that's the thing that I was thinking about, because it's like, he was probably not, he wasn't talking to his friend very long if, I mean, unless it was longer than he thought, but I really feel like, it had to have happened. Maybe they meant she walked out of the... Like, she was still in the parking lot walking towards her house. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, going right Actually, or left or yeah. going straight. You know, she was walked 
getting ready to walk towards her house. Yes. Instead of being, okay. Yes, I think that, that that's <clears throat> what you're saying is true because I'll tell you why in a second. So, at this point, this was somewhere, somewhere around 8.53 p.m. is when she made it to the cash register to check out. Nick arrived at the store at 8.55 p.m. That's only a two-minute difference. Mm -hmm. And somewhere between these times, she vanished. As the search party began, the detectives found nearly a full soda sitting on the bumper of a car in the corner store parking lot. They confiscated the soft drink for analysis, and test results came back that it was actually, in fact, Courtney's fingerprints on the drink. So they really began to think about what could have happened to her and they truly believed that if Courtney was snatched by someone she knew, there would have been a, like, that she didn't know, there would have been a fight put up Mm -hmm. in that parking lot and somebody hopefully would have seen something or said something or called the cops. And that if that did happen, her drink would have possibly been tossed somewhere on the ground instead of sitting nicely on the bumper of a car. Yeah, that's that's the thought that I had in my head. Like, she just set it down to go talk to somebody yep. thinking she'd be right back. Exactly. So, with this knowledge, they believe it is likely that she was chatting with someone she was comfortable with and possibly abducted by them. There were helicopters launched and several volunteers who decided to help aid on foot. There was door-to-door knocking in that entire neighborhood, but Courtney was still missing. Now, this town was a really small town at the time. In fact, it was only housing roughly 4,500 people at this time. Like, that is so small. Dude, that's like one street in Houston. Exactly. Sheesh. So... Pretty much everyone knew everyone in this town. The Clayton family actually decided to move to this town from San Diego to keep their children safe and believed that it was so low in crime rate and that pretty much you would know everyone and that we would watch each other. Mm -hmm. And they believed that their children could roam as they please. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it really bit them in the butt. So... The entire city of Stanford was searched block by block twice. A 20-mile radius of forests and trees was searched, and even the nearby body of water was searched, but her body was never discovered. A few weeks after dead ends, they revisited the last witness to see her alive, and who happened to be a woman driving her car. She reported to the officials she saw Courtney standing near a vehicle and she appeared to be talking to two males. She told the police she believed the vehicle to be a Ford Torino, light blue in color with a darker blue colored top. The driver had his car door open and she saw them and she never saw Courtney physically get into the vehicle though. This witness agreed to be hypnotized to see if she could uncover any new details about the suspects. And I don't really know if I agree with that. Like, I'm I'm skeptical mm-hmm. if that actually works. But I'd be willing to see if it does, like, yeah. me personally. Yeah, like, what could you lose, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and with that hypnotized session, they were able to come up with a composite sketch of who the male, one of the male victims could have looked like, and I'm going to share this 
sketch with you. Tell me what you think. So he looks like he's in his 20s in the sketch. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be able to tell you colors or anything like that. But it looks like his top lip is actually like smaller than his bottom. Like it's almost invisible. He has kind of like large ears and like average length hair. Of a, he looks like he's Caucasian. So Caucasian male, white, like his hair. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much it. I mean... It's kind of hard to describe. I know, I know, especially because it's in black and white. So yeah. you get, you're limited to certain things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, to me, he actually looks pretty well groomed. I mean, his hair in the sketch looks like it's slick to the yeah. side, you know. Um, but with all this being said, I do, I believe that this person, she knew. And if this was a good sketch, I feel like if she knew this man, her parents would have known this yes. man and they should have been able to identify him mm -hmm. off the sketch if it was legit. Yeah. You know? So there were several different award, like award amount, amounts being given from different donors in hopes to find Courtney Clayton. They received several different tips and acted really quickly on them in hopes to find the answers. One tip was that Courtney's body had been dumped on the outskirts of Stamford, so a search was conducted, but they never discovered anything over there. And on March 27, 1989, a man found a child's skull in a field about 50 miles away from the convenience store she was abducted from. They searched 100 yards around the site to see if any other bones could be found. And police believe that the skull he uncovered could have been Courtney's. They brought it back to the morgue to soon discover that Courtney had never had any dental work done or had not had any broken or fractures located on her skull. But what they were able to discover was pieces of hair like still attached to her skull. So they took them off and they decided to test it against her hairbrush at home and were able to conclude that it was in fact a match. That is so sad. Like, just to find <clears throat> only her skull and nothing else on her body. Like, that's that obviously means that she was dismembered by this person and dumped in several mm -hmm. different places because... Yeah, animals can drag stuff away, but they don't drag every single tiny piece except for her school. Exactly, exactly. So, and it's really scary to think that most likely she did know who that was mm -hmm. and that that person could have done that to her knowing that there was a relationship between them. Somewhere. Yeah, and, and I wonder if, like, if even if she knew this man maybe the parents did because if the kids were the ones going to the corner store all the time maybe this guy was watching them mm -hmm. and was finding oh they go mostly at night so if i just camp out here maybe i can get her by herself and he found that one time that he was able to get her by herself yeah but it still <clears throat> begs me the question who was this other man that yeah. the witness said was, was there. also there mm -hmm. that she was talking to so after all this time, they also used a computer generator to reconstruct what her face may have looked like based on the skull features. And her parents came forth and they believed it to be a match. And little Courtney had finally been found. 
Now they have her body. They can rule it out as a homicide or rule it as a homicide. And um, the chase for the killer or killers officially begins. Police brought in two countrymen who were caught trying to lure little boys into their vehicle. Ew. They even used to work at the field where Courtney's remains were found. They truly believed they found her killers. However, they underwent a polygraph test and passed it, so they were ruled out as suspects. And I just want to say, that really doesn't matter to me, because you can pass a polygraph test. It's been known to happen in... Just stop doing them. Why are yes. they even a thing anymore? And mostly, most of the time, they use them as a scare tactic now. But it's like, how you cannot base all of your stuff off of one little lie detector test. It does not work that way. Yes, because people do can be a little harder pass work. them. Yes. So I would have kept dig- digging into them, even though they passed. Yeah. To date, there has never been any other true suspects, and the murder still remains a mystery. In 2016, the Sheriff Police Department released an up-to-date picture of what the killer may look like after all of these years based off of that one witness's sketch. I'm also going to share this photo with you. He looks so familiar to me, actually. I just can't put my finger on it. Yeah, he kind of does look familiar. And and do you know where this town is? Like, where it's located? It's uh four hours away from here. Okay. Roughly. That's really interesting, because he does kind of look familiar to me. Yes, I'm like, oh my god. I'm j- I've been, like, trying to figure out who is this man? Why does he look like somebody I know? So... Even after all of this time, police remain hopeful that they will finally get their answers to who could have done this to her. I hope so for the family, and I hope for her as well, and any other victims that could be out there from this person. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, what did you think, Shay? I think this is really interesting, and everyone, please, please, please share this episode, and please screenshot these pictures when we post them so that way you can share them with other friends and family because we want to help get her case solved because this is ridiculous like and i really think that the police should be re-looking into those two men that yes yeah i think so too and especially if they're gonna arrest him anyway i mean they were literally caught trying to lure boys in their vehicle so hello i mean why not and Yeah, so I enjoyed sharing this one with you. I would like to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us ramble on. Please don't forget to rate us and give us a five star on whatever platform that you are tuning into today. It helps um, get us out there and more known. And as always, remember to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who may be lurking. Bye. Bye.